It is exactly 19 minutes after 7 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. Thank you for joining us tonight as we recap on some of the top business stories of the day. Joining us for our business wrap is Akona Amlameli, Portfolio Manager at 27.4 Investment Managers. A very good evening to you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Perhaps let's start with um, the transaction capital. While others are complaining talking about businesses closing downs, they seem to be expanding. Perhaps let's talk about the um, acquisition of We Buy Cars and how that uh, really has helped their balance sheets. Thank you very much, Tammy. Thank you very much for having me this evening. Um, Yes, so with regard to transaction capital, um, so they reported some of the numbers um, today, and it was quite upbeat numbers. So transaction capital, um, as you alluded to, um, didn't acquisition earlier this year where they bought We Buy Cars. So that was one of the transactions that reaped some fruits um, for the, in terms of their investment. Um, however, their 2021 earnings have rebounded quite nicely, um, particularly to pre-COVID levels, um, because as you know, um, transaction capital have an investment not only in We Buy Cars, um, but also have an investment with regards to SA's biggest taxi financing um, operator, SA Taxi, uh, which provides um, financing and insurance um, to mini, uh, minibus taxi operators. Um, so these particular divisions, um, We Buy Cars and SA Taxi, um, provided some upbeat numbers. Maybe let's just take a look at um, some of the divisions, um, particularly SA Taxi, um, as I've indicated, which provides um, financing and insurance to taxis. Um, so the earnings that they um, released today um, provided some upbeat numbers, particularly towards um, SA Taxi Finance, um, which they doubled their earnings in terms of um, reaching about $413 million. Um, although this was down from pre-pandemic levels of 2019, um, some of the restrictions in terms of travel, long-distance travel, and also some of the taxi wars that took place in Cape Town did inhibit on, on this particular division um, for growth. Um, however, they did see some steadily um, increase. Um, and with regards to the um, We Buy Cars, which was an acquisition that they did earlier this year, it also was quite a fruitful um, acquisition because they bought a, con- a controlling stake um, with regards to SA's biggest um, second-hand vehicle platform of We Buy Cars. And this was quite a fruitful transaction um, because We Buy Cars, as you know, it's an online search, um, online vehicle search um, portal, um, which... Um, delivered some um, stellar numbers, um, talking about 48% year-on-year. Um, so the CEO did indicate that particularly this division of the business um, is well uh, positioned to benefit, particularly from the um, second-hand um, divisions as people um, with regards to economic status um, have not wanted to buy new cars. Um, but also, as we know globally, we've had a, a surge in terms of uh, semiconductor chip shortages. Um, which has also prompted um, the release of new cars um, taking quite long. So there have been second-hand vehicles um, increasing on this particular front. But with regards to e-bike cars, it continues to be a fruitful investment. But even though they've made these acquisitions, um, they continue to invest within this operation in terms of the e-commerce platform um, that they continuously to, continue to um, enhance in terms of the operating um, facilities um, and with regards to enhancing the e-commerce facility, they will also um, reap some of those fruits and some of those fruits that they have reaped um, thus far in terms of their sales. Um, they indicated approximately 30% um, of total monthly sales um, took place in 2021. 
whilst prior it was about 15%. So the acquisition um, was quite fruitful, um, which um, Transaction Capital um, declared a dividend of 33 cents per final dividend for 2021, um, which equates to about 237 million. Um, so this dividend will be paid to um, some of those shareholders um, that do hold the counter. Now, let's take a look at MassMart. They really have been having quite a, a, a tough time lately, a game being uh, one of, of the businesses there that that is a matter of concern. But it, it looks now like Black Friday uh, could not be um, a good time for them. It's on the balance for MassMart. Uh, the union, uh, Sakao, has announced a, a strike. What, what is the status on that? Yeah, so Black Friday, which is uh, uh, an annual event that takes place um, usually the last Friday of November, um, particularly in 2021, and um, this will take place next week, Friday. Um, so we all anticipate those deals. Um, if we are one of those that do try to grab some of these deals. So yes, Tammy, uh, Mass March, um, with regards to the African and catering commercial and allied workers union, um, have indicated that they will be striking um, in the next few days. Um, however, MassMart still awaits um, further communication with regards to that. And this is with regards to the restructuring in which MassMart has undertaken. As you know, um, the company has struggled, particularly their stores such as Game, um, have struggled to get um, consumers inside their stores. Um, so they're currently restructuring this business. And in part of restructuring, however, they've had to um, decrease um, staff and also um, continue to terminate or and do some repackaging in terms of retrenchment packages for some of their um, some of their um, some of their workers. So the Allied Workers Union, um, which you alluded to, um, however, is not happy with the restructuring that is taking place. So they are anticipating to strike in the next few days, which could hamper um, next week Friday in terms of the Black Friday, which is an annual event, as I indicated, which a lot of um, consumers look forward to, and also a lot of retailers look forward to because it's one of those those days and periods where um, we see huge sales in terms of the retail platforms, be it online or foot in terms of into, into the stores. Um, so, yes, um, th- this particular um, strike will hamper, should it go ahead, um, should would hamper um, in terms of the mass mart, um, which has um, operations with regards to Builders Warehouse, um, Game, which I mentioned, Macro, um, which, has, which it currently owns, and various other cash and carry um, subsidiaries which it currently holds. So, yes, the, the strike um, isn't, isn't anticipated on going ahead. Um, however, um, MassMart is still um, waiting on confirmation in terms of how the strike will impact them so that the remedies can be taken um, for um, those particular days where they expect um, a surge in terms of their sales. Let's look at Sakao and, and what it is that they're demanding and what it is that they that they want. In the main negotiations, MassMart offered alternative positions to its workers and tried to put together a some a restructuring package, which Sakao advised the war, the workers not to take. What are they calling for? What what do they want? Yeah, so they just want. Um in terms of those repackers financing um, that you've alluded to, um, they do want the numbers because they've indicated um, about 100 of workers um, will be con- compromised in this um, restructuring that they're doing. So um, the union is trying to bed down in terms of decreasing that number in terms of rather repositioning these workers that 
um, will potentially lose the work, repositioning them into other skills um, within the group. Um, so that is um, some of the discussions which are taking place. Um, however, um, MassMark also on their side um, has also had um, some blips in terms of the restrictions that haven't been paid out that were supposed to be paid out. So these are just some of the to and fro that are taking place at the moment. And as you know, we, particularly in South Africa, we under very much a dire economic strain in terms of unemployment and, and jobs. Um, so the unions are trying their best in order to preserve some of their um, members um, in terms of keeping their jobs where they can. Um, however, as we know, um, South Africa is currently going through a, a, quite a tough situation. However, I think um, maybe going back to the board in terms of, as I've indicated, the skills, where, where else can these um, individuals go who may potentially lose their jobs, can they be reskilled? Um, so such efforts need to be taken place um, so that uh, pe people don't um, go out of work but are more uh, trained into other positions where the economy or the company um, may lead them in terms of technology, which they are trying to enhance going forward. Now, the strike certificate that Sakao has now, it doesn't include the right to strike over wages. Uh, talk to us about, about those dynamics. Yeah, so in terms of the, those dynamics, um, it's just in terms of their members, um, in terms of going physically to their work. Um, it, it, it just talks to um, how the efforts will be made in terms of the workers and their striking. But as MassMart has indicated, they're still waiting um, for formal um, communication from um, the, the members, particularly the union, um, on, on the way forward. So at, at the moment, it's still quite sketchy, sketchy um, until um, the MassMart have, through their um, spokesperson, Brian Neroni, who indicated that they have not um, received formal communication of the intention of the union to go to strike. Let's move our attention now, Akona, to the situation in China, which is really quite interesting, I find. You know, property and property development has been one of the cornerstones of um, the, the country's economic growth. But there has now been a concerted effort to actually halt property development. But this has had an adverse effect on, on the economy, which has now really shrunk and gone back to 90s levels. Talk to us about the dynamics around those decisions. Yeah, so um, Chinese government particularly is beginning to slow down um, the, the real estate sector. Um, this is the, the restriction, particularly with regards to the President Xi Jinping, um, who wants to reduce the dependency um, particularly with respect to the economy, um, the dependency on the property sector. Um, so Beijing has obviously indicated they will squeeze the real estate sector um, in the next few years um, in trying to curb this sector from ballooning and making it its core um, asset or its core um, component of the, the economy. Um, so, yes, this will impact the, the, com the, the, the country. Um, it, it is a quite a big step in terms of pre-pandemic levels where um, China's growth, um, pre-pandemic levels was in excess of 70%. Um, however, with the crackdown that is taking place in the real estate sector, um, um, analysts expect the growth forecast um, for um, China to come down to the mid to, to lower single digits in terms of their growth. So yes, um, the economy um, has seen a clampdown on the real estate sector. Um, however, it's also seen weak consumer spending um, on the economy. Um, as you know, there has been the resurgence of, of coronavirus outbreaks which have taken place, um, which the government has initiated some stringent um, lockdown measures in order to um, 
consider and consider consumers from getting spooked and, and forcing businesses to shut down. Um, however, Chinese um, property sector um, remains one of the biggest um, sectors with regards to the economy um, and it is, take, does take place on a huge scale um, with regards to the construction sector. Um, but however, the real estate construction, which has experienced and has been a pivotal um, part of the economy, um, has been recovering post the uh, March of 2020. Um, it did re um, receive a, a resurgence at the beginning of the year. Um, and as you know, in the last few months, uh, Beijing orchestrated a slowdown in terms of their mortgage lending, um, which did bring property developers um, such as um, China Evergrande um, close to bankruptcy. Um, as we've discussed on this um, show before, um, even the Chinese um, authorities urged um, the leaders of China Evergrande um, to put some money in, who are quite wealthy, to put some money in to try and save this company um, towards bankruptcy. So these are just one of the examples in which the government is initiating in terms of curbing um, the dependency of the economy from the property sector. Um, however, we do wait to see um, how this will impact the growth trajectory um, of this economy going forward. Um, as you will see, um, the Chinese households um, um, tend, to, um, tend to avoid property purchases um, when prices are falling, and we've seen that in the past few months um, where we've seen lower sales um, because of the prices uh, declining um, quite significantly. And as you indicated earlier on, um, Tammy, um, China's growth um, has been on the stack of this um, slow growth. Um, but however, in the late 1990s, um, the property boom was one of the big initiators um, of the country. Um, however, I think with what is happening in the tech sector, um, I think the government is just trying to clamp down and, and also diversify um, the economy in terms of um, where it gets its um, skills from and where it becomes competitive in terms of the competing against the world. Because as we know, China is the second um, biggest economy um, within the world. Now, the Communist Party's uh, Politburo is not wanting to have China be its sole um, you know, cornerstone for economic development. And they don't want to use the property sector to stimulate the, the economy. What then are the prioritized sectors that they want to, to strengthen up for a, a, a greater mix and, and a more stable balance? Yeah, so as you know, Tammy, um, South Africa, which is quite a resource heavy, which um, exports some resources to the likes of China, um, and then you've also got other countries who export resources, um, such as Australia, Indonesia. Um, and these particular resources are used in China to uh, manufacture, be it cars, be it um, other tech um, gadgets that we um, make use of at home. So, yes, um, that economy is very much um, has moved towards um, being, being more tech-heavy. Um, and also the Chinese consumers also being um, very much... Um, dependent on multinational corporations such as your Apple and your Volkswagen um, in terms of the consumer spending on that side. Um, however, with regards to um, the other industries, um, tech remains uh, very much uh, an important and pivotal point in terms of the, um, the economy and manufacturing that. Um, however, it all is about diversifying um, streams. And in terms of the tech, they are one of the, um, if not the best in the world um, after the U.S., um, however, tech remains one of the biggest pivotal points, which they have clamped down on in the past few months, um, as some of the tech companies such as Alibaba's and have, have gotten too big um, and also started influencing um, their population in terms of 
um, a, a lot of one of the investments that um, the Alibaba's had was in terms of the education sector, which prompted a lot of households in China um, to move towards private um, education um, in order for their kids, whilst growing up, and to get into university, get good marks, um, which did prejudice those that could not afford. So they're just um, trying to um, clamp down and just bring in common prosperity um, to their population and to their people, um, and also just putting their people ahead um, of any um, single um, uh, company um, that is quite dominant in, in China. For our last um, business wrap story tonight, um, Akona, let's take a look at this recent study that shows that South Africa is losing over 50 billion rand a year to tax havens. Talk to us about the definition of, of tax havens and the argument of, of whether you know, it's legal or, or not, or is it clever accounting? Yeah, so the report came out today that was conducted by tax justice um, campaigners. Um, so this is an annual edition that they ran. Um, it's the 2021 edition that they released, um, which reported um, so Africa particularly um, losing close to $3.5 billion, um, on global tax abuse um, committed not by um, high-worth individuals only, but also multinational corporations. Um, so these particularly super wealthy and multinational corporations um, have used what they consider as shadowy tax, ha- tax havens, um, which is going into a country and registering in another country in order to um, avoid paying tax. So that is one of the, uh, the, the results um, from the, this report that was um, released today in terms of not only South Africa losing, but also globally. Um, so the report found that um, close to $483 billion, um, was lost um, with, as a result of tax abuse worldwide. Um, and the report did indicate the loss that South Africa lost with regards to the tax havens by the multi-corporations and the super-rich um, could have benefited the country and other in, 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 other, in, in terms of our fiscal, where we know we desperately need some money. Um, so, yes, the, the study indicated um, that governments um, should try and close these gaps. Um, however, it, it, it is quite difficult because, as you know, there are quite a number of tax haven countries um, that do make it quite easy for yet multinational corporations or the super rich um, to keep their wealth and in terms of avoiding tax at all. But as you know... Um, this has been a, a, an ongoing um, report that they released annually, and they released one about three or four months ago, which did name and shame some of um, some of our celebrities and um, some of our um, politicians um, who have also been um, avoiding tax um, with regards to that, their particular country. And, and how, O'Connor, can this tax evasion actually be clamped down? Oh, so it, it, it's in terms of the financial system, but I think it's a bit difficult because. If you do have places um, such as your Guernsey, such as your Mauritius, and such as many other countries um, who do provide um, tax haven um, places or regions where um, individuals and multi-corporations can register um, holding companies or register um, under pretense of an identity and keep money there without knowing, um, it, it does become quite difficult um, for specific countries to clamp down on these corporations and particular countries. Um, however, it is up to the financial system in each of the countries to try and eliminate that. Um, and I think our government um, has, with regards to SARS, um, has um, improved in terms of that. Um, however, I think it's, 
it, it, it's, a, it's a topic that has been going on for decades because people are always finding loopholes in, in, in systems um, in, in terms of these tax havens and tax regions which do provide um, havens with regards to their assets and finances. Akona, thank you so much. We'll leave it at that for this evening. That's Akona Mlamleli, Portfolio Manager at 27.4 Investment Managers, giving us our business wrap on this evening. It's exactly 7.40 on Metro FM Talk. A reminder once again to send up your WhatsApp voice notes on 79 079- one nine one four two seven zero. That's zero seven nine one nine one four two seven zero. And we'll be playing those back to you throughout the course of this.